Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode five of Dirty Black Girl, the podcast where rawness meets intellect. My name is Maisha. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am the creative goddess of Dirty Black Girl, the podcast, as well as Souls and G-Spots, a business that focuses on masturbation positivity, body positivity, and sex positivity amongst women of color. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Souls and G-Spots, that's S-O-U-L-Z-A-N-D-G-S-P-O-T-Z to find out what else I am doing and to also find the link to my other episodes um, for my podcast. So today, I'm actually really excited, though I don't sound it because I'm really tired. I went to bed at like maybe six o'clock this morning because I was up writing Um, But I'm actually really excited to have this conversation today. So we're going to be talking about daddyless daughters and growing up as a black girl um, without a father. And so I have a special guest today. So you can go ahead and introduce yourself, let people know who you are and what you do. (laughs) Oh, is it me? (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's just us. So I'm sorry. Actually, before I have you introduce yourself, it was my plan or vision to have a like a, a three of us on the or four of us in total in conversation, but that didn't work out. So it it's just you. You and I are gonna have a personal conversation. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you could just introduce yourself. Okay, um, I'm Amira Boyd. I live in LA. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I work as a server. I'm an intern for a film production company, and I am a dad of this daughter. Yay. Okay. Well, I'm like, yay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's owning it, right? And I think I appreciate that you said that, that I am a daddyless daughter because, um, one of the things that like in doing, of course, with understanding my own experiences and not having a father and then just looking at like, I've been researching or looking at this daddyless daughter thing for about maybe a year and a half, two years now. Um, and then I found a like, I guess there was a, or not, I guess there was a specialized episode on Oprah where Iyanla came on and she one of the things that she said and I'll use this quote on the flyer she said tell the you know tell the radical truth about your situation which is daddy is not here daddy is gone so I really appreciate you saying like yeah I'm a daddyless daughter so okay let's hop into our first conversation what what made you want to do this what made you want to talk about being a daddyless daughter at 9 30 in the morning on a Sunday um, with it because I feel like recently I've been confronted with a lot of my daddy issues. Mm. I feel like this is just the perfect opportunity to, you know, talk to you, other women, and see. Okay. What so what what issues? Because I'm going through the same thing now. To, well, okay, actually, I have been confronted with my daddy issues, maybe about it like I said about a year and a half two years ago I started to really notice that okay there is something definitely that is connected to why I'm not having success in my relationships with men and me not having a father 
um, I started to really like be like, okay, let me start to look at this. So what, what issues are you being confronted with? Um, issues I'm being confronted with is knowing what I'm worth and knowing that I'm good enough and I deserve to be treated with respect. And, mm. you know, I've been in situations where recently, like, let's say a gay man, he disrespected mm-hmm. me, he called me a bitch. This is off the subject, but, you know, at the time, you know, sometimes as a woman, personally, I've allowed a gay man to call me a bitch because I've called other women bitches. Sometimes I'll let them do that. Right. But he called me a bitch and he was super serious. He was upset. So it changed the whole context for me. And, you know, he couldn't understand why I was so mad. And I kept saying that he was a man. And then I spoke to my manager about it. And she was like, then we started talking about like her and her husband and her dad setting this example for her. And you know, her husband knew what to, who to be. And I'm like, oh, I guess I've never, I don't, I don't, I don't know who my example is. Like, you mm. know, I look at women talk about that. The, this is the first man I loved. I'm like, I don't even think I've loved a man yet. Mm. You know, I haven't that is- have that, that bound, that, that background, that foundation is like all wiped out. Yeah. That's real, sis. I feel like I'll connect to what you're saying because I don't have like like you I didn't have an example my father has been um in prison since I was about one um and it's still there and I'm 20 27 so or, or I'll be 27 in September so I um didn't have didn't have that and then um, growing up, I didn't have male examples. I had like, I had my uncle in my life, but my uncle, I didn't have like a nurturing relationship with my uncle. My uncle just kind of like, you know, brought us gifts for Christmas or whatever, you know, or gave us $20 for our birthday. But he wasn't, my uncle wasn't really like necessarily a father figure. He didn't step in and have conversations with me around, you know, this stuff around boys and men and he didn't build up my self-esteem right which I think is important for for fathers or father figures to do for their children um so I relate to what you're saying like I didn't have an example and so I've gone through a lot of having to figure out what a man is and what a man isn't through trial and error like, have you, do you relate to that? Like, have had, have you had to go through a lot of heartbreak to like, be like, oh, okay, this is what, this is how I'm supposed to be treated. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I've gone up and down. Um, I've gone through heartbreak. Um, and then mm-hmm. there was even a point where I found a guy who treated me really, really, really well. And he helped define, or like, there was a couple of guys for a little while that, you know, defined what it was to be treated by a man and I from them I knew how it felt for a man to genuinely care about you and have yeah so yeah from them but even now that's where I think this is the perfect time for me because right now I'm going through something with a man and Mm -hmm. it's baffling me Mm -hmm. like I'm becoming more aware of what my thoughts are you know when you just you know people are always like you know your mind is a powerful thing really think about what you think about and I from this experience and you know men ain't shit sometimes some of them so 
you know, I've been kind of going through it and I've been realizing and being, being more vigilant and understanding and hearing the things I say to myself. Yeah. This time around, I just say things to myself like, you know, why don't I deserve to be treated right? Why doesn't he care? And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's it. I do deserve to be treated right. He doesn't treat me right because you're allowing him not to. Right. Exactly. Like, so I think it's really important for um, it's interesting because I, I think it's important for girls, women who grow up without fathers to be presented um, or grow up without father figures because you don't necessarily have to have your dad per se, but just some type of healthy man in your life who is guiding you and nurturing you. Um, when we don't have that, I think it's important for us as adults um, or at some point in our journey to have a corrective experience with a man. And so in order for us to have that corrective experience, we have to deal with men who are super patient, like super, super patient, because it's not, um, I find in my experience that I'm not as, because I didn't have that background, having a healthy man in my life, I'm not patient with men. I, I, I don't trust men. You know, my expectation is that men are going to leave. You know, I don't, I don't expect men to stay around for long. You know, I don't, that's not, um, and I think that that has a lot to do with why I'm not so big on like, why I'm not so fixed on these ideas of like, monogamy and being with a man for the rest of my life um I think some of it is definitely because like I see myself as this like free woman who ain't trying to be tied down but then I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't trust that men want to stay around for long so I don't even get into this like thinking that I'm you know that you about to be with me (laughs) for hella long because I'm like niggas leave you Um, And so anyways, going back to my point with the corrective experiences, like I have a friend, a male friend right now that's providing me with a corrective experience. And he's like super patient. Like I told him, like I like I cut him off and I was like, I'm not talking to you. And he like was like, no, like that's not appropriate. You don't get to just cut me off like you need to talk through your issues. Um. I don't know. I just wanted to share that. I don't really have a question, but if you want to respond to that, you can. But I just think it's really important for us to like, I don't know, have corrective experiences. Have you had any corrective experiences with men where it's like, okay, this is, this is helping me see what, what a man is supposed to be. Yeah. I've had that before. It was a couple years ago, but you know, unfortunately at the time, And I still feel a part of that now. I feel similar to you. Like, I had just turned 21. Mm -hmm. You know, he was like 24, 25. He had a son. I don't really like to date people with kids, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude, I'm trying to be free. I don't want to be tied down. And, you know, you got kids, so you're thinking about things differently. You don't want to introduce them to your kid unless, you know, you know this person and whoop whoop and you got your baby mama drama. So I was like, but he was such a great guy and the crazy part was what he wanted to offer me, I was not ready for at the time at all. I was like, I have so much more experiences to experience. And he had felt that he had done a lot of experiences already. And 
you know, it was just so such a hurtful experience for on both parts because I was really dragging him along. But, you know, he was a really good guy. And then the guy after him for a little while, I, I didn't date him for long, but he was good. He was cool. So, you know, now when I'm in my situation now, I tell this person, I'm like, I've been in situations where people like me. This is not what it feels like. I, mm-hmm. I People have treated me well. Mm-hmm. Me their time and effort. Yeah. This is when I don't see that. I'm like, I get confused. My mind goes on alert because I'm like, why aren't you doing that? Like, why? What's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong with That's you? exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how as daddyless daughters, I think we have a unique, um, I would say that when dealing with men, because we haven't had, you know, again, that example set for us, that nurture from a man, that guidance from a man, I would argue that um, we internalize things a little different in comparison to women whom have had that. And it's not to say that women whom have had great fathers cannot be heartbroken or still make, you know, decision, you know, bad decisions or, you know, in love. But I think that they're able to recover from those from those decisions in a way that we're not able to. Right. And it's because we start to internalize that there's something wrong with us. Um, Let's unpack that, because I think that that's important. This thinking that. I don't know, like, okay, so for example, yesterday, I, um, and I shared a, like, shared this poem on my Instagram, I often, for years, have gone through thinking that I'm not worthy of love, and that I can't find somebody who will want to be with me, and yesterday, I had, this thought was circling in my mind, and it, and it, and it drove me to, like, tears, I was so, like depressed in that thinking because I was like I have all these issues these daddy issues I have these problems nobody is going to want to help me become this better woman when they can just go get a woman whom doesn't who don't have these issues um so I don't know let's talk about that like how do you feel about that or have you gone through that or felt that way um, I don't think I felt that way in particular when, in regards to, you know, having, feeling like men would prefer to deal with someone who, um, doesn't have daddy issues. Um, mm-hmm. but I have felt that way. Just, just, I asked my, just asked myself that last night. I think I just asked this guy last night. It finally came out of my mouth. Like, why am I not good enough for you? Mm. It, it sounded weird saying and it, it sounded like a joke when I said it out loud especially to him but yeah no I, I deal with that all the time and it's so crazy because people around you are telling people around me are telling me like you know it's so we- crazy that I have such a problem with letting go of people who I know are not good for me at all I have such a hard mm. letting that go I have I've been really trying to unpack, unpack, like, the fear around that. Like, what am I losing? And then, you know, I'm in a, right now, I'm in a unique situation where I was talking to this man for some time, not that much, but we were kind of just hooking up, and he was just, he just was so into me. Like, I, he was the type of man where 
he lives for women turning him down because he just wants to show her how persistent he is and how much he, he cares. And, you know, he made me feel so special, even though I was really opposing it. He made me feel special. He gave me the attention I wanted. I feel like that's what's really big to me, attention, even though affection is more valuable than attention. But he gave me attention, and he was just so down for me. And he lived next door. He told me his friend lived there. Uh-huh. Like a week or two into our relationship, he's just so much full of drama, you know. You know, those niggas that just have something's always popping up with them, and the universe is trying to tell you to leave them, but you still fuck with them. Yeah. And he had told me like a, like maybe a week and a half, and he's like, "Oh, I got some chick pregnant, but you know, she's getting an abortion." And I'm like, at the time, I'm like, "This nigga's crazy. I need to drop him." But I'm like, "Oh, you know, this ain't my man, whatever." And mm-hmm. Keep going, you know, we're off and on. We talk for a week. We don't, you know, we're getting, he's getting, he's seeing the pattern. Like, I'll say, I don't want to talk to him, but then I'll still talk to him. Right. But then I find out we, at some point, we don't talk for like a month because I see he had posted this naked picture of himself, and obviously someone else took it. I come to find out a woman took it. I was mad at first because I was like, you're bringing other women into our situation and you're not telling me I can get an STD. Mm-hmm. When for some reason it became weird because. We didn't talk for a month. And then he texted me on his new number just to, you know, keep me hanging on. Mm-hmm. I texted him back the other day, and then we reconnected. And then the second day, the first day into connecting, he tells me he is for sure having this baby. Like, she's keeping the baby. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So that changes things. And then he then proceeds to tell me, like, another day, the next day that this woman actually lives next door to me and that's where he's been living wow so that girl when I heard that I was just so taken back I was so hurt I felt so stupid but then you know I've always been on the fence with him it's always been so back and forth because I know I don't want to be with him I know he's not for me but then there's another part that's confused because he makes me feel so good and he feels a void and I'm lonely um but this is where my daddy issues really started to come up because you know a couple days into him telling me about this woman I got attacked by my pit bull so it was kind of a traumatic experience and I called him and he was 100% there for me so it made it even more confusing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and calling him at like 4 a.m. and you know I it got to the point where I was like let me look at your text messages like I thought I would never be that person again girl I was like let me look at your text messages it's like as soon as I saw that there was someone else and you know he I don't know. It's, it got weirder because I'd never felt really invested. And then after I found out about this woman and then I found out about this baby and I found out and then the dog happened and then I became like super invested and my feelings changed. And I actually thought I started to really like him. And then as soon as I started to like him, he started to not like me. He started catting on me, you know, really. I'm never the type of person, woman who takes disrespect from a man like bitch or anything or hits me or anything. I'll take disrespect in other ways. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just been baffling the thing, the disrespect that I continue to take, and you know, yeah. I don't. The person that I'm becoming, I don't even know. Like last night, it's five a.m., and I see myself jumping over his baby mama's fence to find out what apartment he lives in. I found it. Like I'm. Wow. I'm, I don't even know who the fuck I am. And then he comes. We don't talk for like a week. But then it's weird because I have to see them live together and coexist. And she has, like, a baby, like, a nine-year-old kid, and then they have someone on the way. So I have to see them be a family together. And even though I don't want him and I know he treats her like trash, there's something about 
you know, I thought we, I was special. Like, you know, it, it just always makes me feel weird when men lie to me about being special. And it's like, why? I, I, I thought I was special. Like, why am yeah. I? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you, sis. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Like, for real, because you said a lot of things. There are so many gems that you shared in that story. Um, And I think the first one that I think is important to talk about is attachment. Our attachment issues as as daughters. Um, So there's a couple of different type of attachment styles. And I'm reading... I was reading because I had like a printout of this book called Attached and it's a book that explores just attachment styles, what they are, why people attach to certain people in certain ways. Um, And then one of the attachment styles is like we just get so attached um, to people because we haven't had um, because that person provides us with something that we haven't had. So, for example, it's kind of like if you in the desert and you ain't had no water in a week and it's hot as fuck and um, somebody give you a, a, a bottle of water, like you're going to drink that shit up and you're going to want more and more and more and more and more. Right. Because you've just been so depleted and so without it. And so uh, I think as daddyless daughters who have not had these um, healthy relationships with men as girls and growing up when we meet the first boy or man, that's like, I'm going to give you some attention and make you feel beautiful. What happens is, is we attach to it, even when it's not necessarily healthy, but because it gives us something that we haven't had, we're like our body and our brain is like, okay, fuck the fact that all of this other shit is going on. Your body is like, you're getting this. And this is what you've wanted. You've wanted the attention. You've wanted the affection. You've wanted, you know, somebody. And so now you're getting it. And it's kind of, it becomes like a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, um, I definitely have attachment issues to men. And my attachment issues to men, I think, show up in two different ways. So one is, is I don't attach easily to men. I take men through a lot of... Um, or I can, this hasn't always been true. There are times when I have definitely been just dumb. Um, but there have been times where I take men through a lot of hoops and loops and jumps and I test their ego. I test um, their patience. I test everything about them. Um, and then once they pass those tests, then I become super duper attached to them. And then it's really hard for me to let them go. And then I start to get jealous if other women and come into the picture, blah, 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 all that, right? Um, And then um, I have the attachment style where, um, like I said, I I easily attach. They don't have to do shit at all. You just got to kind of show up and talk to me. And I'm like, I love you. (laughs) If we're having good conversations and and hanging out and I love you, you know, he's the one. That's it. Um, And so (laughs) I've had to really look at, I've had to really look at that. Um, I've had to really look at that because like I said, I'm, I get, I get attached when I do get attached to a man, I get very attached and it's really, I'm easily hurt. Um, Like 
I get hurt so easily by men. Like, because it's not just what I'm thinking about is not just the, the, um, this, what, what that particular person did or said to me, it brings up my issues with men and my daddy issues in general. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like um, one man can do something to hurt my feelings and it opens up this Pandora box of how I feel about men and how hurt I've been by men and how, you know, I didn't have a father who nurtured me and cared for me and, 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 and protected me. And so all of those things come up. Like, for example, like the guy friend that I have right now, we went through a situation and, you know, I expressed to him when he shared something with me that it really made me, it brought up the little girl in me who felt like her daddy was leaving her. And that's what I explained to him. I said, like, you know, with you telling me what you told me, it just made me feel like I was losing my friend. But really what it made me feel like was that my dad, like I was being like I was that little girl being left by her dad again. Um, Yeah, I feel that a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, So how what do you think? What do you think the the little girls in us need to need to hear? Um, like what what is important? Like I don't know what. How do we? I guess how do we heal this? Is more so what I'm trying to get out of this conversation is that how do we heal this? How do we get to a space in our life where? We understand our worth. I mean, I know we said corrective experiences is one, but how, like until we get those corrective experiences, like what is this? What are things that we can do or what are things that you are practicing to be able to heal that? Um, well, I'm, I'm still in the middle of this shit, so I'm trying to figure it the fuck out. Um, uh-huh. I don't even know, but I think from what people have been telling me, you know, and how I am as a person to other people, I'm always like pour into yourself mm-hmm. and really unpack what your bad habits are and replace them with more positive habits mm-hmm. and, and understand the thoughts that run through your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has really been showing me what thoughts run through my mind when it comes to men and you know, I feel you when you were like, you know, when you felt this man was kind of giving you a father-daughter experience. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I feel, too. Mm-hmm. I'm asking myself, like, when, when he doesn't, when we're supposed to hang out and he doesn't show up and he has no concern for, you know, my feelings or even communication, I'm just like, I feel like a daughter who's waiting to see her dad. Oh, my God, girl. Yes. He, up. he doesn't ever show up, and he, you're just so disappointed, and I get so emotional. Mm-hmm. That happens, and, you know, the ancient niggas will be like, what's your problem? Why are you taking this so seriously? But right. Well, because you just broke a promise. <laughs> right? That's, <laughs> that's one part of it. Broke a promise, and then at the same time, I often feel like I don't, I don't even know the relationship my dad has to me growing up. I don't I don't even know if I didn't see him growing up because he didn't want to see me or I don't even know. So my mm-hmm. like he was in prison or anything. Fortunately, not everyone has the same privilege, but 
I don't even know why he wasn't in my life like that. Mm. But then when they, I often have been feeling when I just, I think I've been finding ways to putting their feelings first and wanting to please them. And it's just like, you know, I ask myself, why am I not good enough? Like, why, why, why don't you care about me? Why? But it's just like, you know, telling her, it's really hard, but I think really what I have been doing, I've been talking about this a lot with, about this man and Mm -hmm. I've been people to pick me back up. But Mm -hmm. Recently, I've been really having to pick myself back up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, becoming more aware of what you think. It's exhausting, and it's gonna you're gonna have to keep trying it. But you know, those times where I feel like, why don't I? Why is he treating me like this? I have to say, bitch, because you're taking it. Why? Mm-hmm. Why do I deserve to be treated like this, bitch? Because you don't deserve to be treated like this. This is mm-hmm. not me treating you like. It's all about changing the perception and how you're viewing the situation like you know at one point I'm viewing the situation I'm super sad he's over there with another woman even though he treats her like trash Um, Mm -hmm. you know I'm having this false reality but I have to really like pull myself together sometimes and be like bitch what are you missing you think what are you fearing you feel like you're gonna miss out on something miss out on what this man is a liar he didn't he didn't even have a shit together before he told you about this woman like right Solutions would be like, you know, if you're in a situation, you know, be un- be aware of what you think and know how to counter those thoughts and, you know, replace those thoughts with like affirmations and, um, yeah, affirmations and, um, you know, really deconstruct the narrative you've made for yourself in your head. And that's really hard. Oh, that's beautiful. Deconstruct the narrative that you've made for yourself in your head. Yeah, I think that that's really important because, again, I think that and not just the narrative we made for ourselves, the narrative that has been made for us. Right. Which is when you don't grow up with, you know, and I would argue that, you know, even men with mommy issues or even women with mommy issues sometimes have issues connecting with other women. Um, and so when you don't grow up with these things, because our parents are, or the adults in general, not just parents in our lives as children really set the foundation for us. Um, when those, when that foundation is, you know, um, is weakened or without, without certain, um, elements, you know, what you believe is, is that whether you want to or not, you start to believe that men are just like, like for myself, I can't speak for you, but speaking for myself, I just don't have a whole lot of respect for men. And it's not that I don't want to respect men. It's just that I did, I've gone, I'm almost 30 and I've gone a very, that's a long time to go in your life where you don't see men step up. You do not see men take care of their responsibilities. You do not see men um, who love on women, who who take care of their children and nurture their children and love on their children, right? When you go almost 30 years of your life without seeing that, right? We're not talking about some shit that you saw for five minutes. We're talking about 30 years one consecutively, one year after the motherfucking other <laughs> of seeing right. the same shit then what you start, what I start to believe is that men are irrelevant. They're not really as um, 
needed or necessary as <laughs> the the world tries to place the emphasis on. And so, and I'm trying my hardest to counter that, but I'm trying to, it, it's very difficult. It's very, because my corrective experiences with men have been very few and far in between. Right. Um, and I didn't, I didn't start getting those corrective experiences. I say it briefly started when I was about 16. And then for a long time, I didn't have corrective experiences with men until I was 25. Oh, wow. Almost 10 years. Right. So that's almost a 10 year gap of like no corrective experiences with men none whatsoever. And so, um, again, I've just repeatedly have seen the same thing over and over from men. And here, okay. And, and I, I'm going to say this too, because I think this is important because, and I won't, this is more so for my audience and you can respond to this as well. I get frustrated when people like, okay, when sometimes when women, when we say shit like niggas ain't shit or men or this or men or that. Now, again, do I think that though, that that stuff is dangerous and toxic to, to spew out there about black men? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, however, my res- the response to that is what irritates me when women say, well, no, the niggas you choose ain't shit. But you got to, and I want my audience to really understand this, that when we, a lot of times as girls and women, when we say niggas ain't shit, this is coming from a place that is deeper than just our relationships with men and boys romantically. Like, it, it, our daddies wasn't shit. Our, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this, ain't, this, ain't, this ain't just about my relationships and who I'm choosing with men. Nigga, my daddy wasn't shit. You understand what I'm saying? Like our daddies one shit are, are we, you know, I have heard so many stories where so many sisters have been abused by men, you know, um, and, and as little girls, whether that's sexual abuse, physical abuse, whatever. So it's like, we're not just talking about what we choose romantically. We're also talking about the men whom were supposed to nurture us as little girls and they didn't. They either abused us or we're just totally not available. Um, and so I think that that's important to say that, like, for us to understand that, like, the niggas ain't shit mantra is not just coming from our experiences with men romantically. It comes from a legacy, like, or, or a background of just being totally um, shitted on by men completely, you oh. know, um, because I find that when women have beautiful fathers, even if they get their heart broken by men, it's really difficult for them to say niggas ain't shit. Right. Because they know that if they say that, it ain't true. Because that would be that would be like disrespectful to their father to say men ain't shit. They can't say it. It's like, no, that nigga wasn't shit. But my daddy is everything, you know? So, I don't know. Did you want to respond to that? That was kind of long-winded, but... No, I totally get it. <laughs> See, that's the thing, you know? I don't even think I have a lot of friends. I think I do, but then it's shuffled. But I do have a lot of friends mm-hmm. and who have been raised by single mothers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can't even I can't even relate when you're telling me that some that's how women feel because most people I know they did have their dad in their life, but he was kind of trash. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they had a single mother, like. Mm-hmm. I gravitate to the people who have similar experiences to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I when I was growing up, when I was first into college, you know, that kind of got me. I first started diving into my daddy issues because I was dealing with yet somebody else um, who uh, who was treating me on some, who was allowing to treat me crazy. But then I took an Africana studies class and I did a project on daddyless children. Hmm. And it really stuck out to me and it really allowed me to see that I have issues that I don't, that are beyond me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just reading an expert, expert from the book and everything. Um, this one woman, she grew up without her dad. Her mom always talked so much smack about him and she had such a negative view on him and then one day she met him and then she talked to him and she realized that her mother had been just fabricating a story because you know sometimes that does happen yeah and she moved at some point she found out she wasn't grown she was let's say she was like 13 and mm-hmm. how about her dad and then she moved in with her dad and she noticed that as soon as she lived with her dad and she realized her dad was a good man and he was genuine her whole self-esteem and confidence changed mm. she she everything changed and sometimes i used to think back and be like is that shit ever gonna happen for me like my foundation is my, you know, like I told you, my dad died, so there's no way I'm going to get that back. Right. But um, I can totally see women who have good fathers being like, um, yeah, no, men are, not all men are trash because they have a different foundation. Like I told you, even my manager, she's like, Molly, you know, Molly. my, um, my dad uh, set the tone for me. And I, I read something on Instagram where it was like, Men need to be prepared for you. Mm. And that's kind of threw me off because I I just, you know, it just threw me off. And I'm like, it's, it's just so hard, you know, when you don't have someone growing up to let you know that you're still enough. And mm-hmm. it's so hard when you don't have that. And then you go through life and you're like, you know, you have to get experiences from other people. Like, you know, you have to get corrective experiences, but yeah, no, I totally get some women saying that they have a good dad, or even some guys, and I just want, when I think about the guy that I want, I want to have a guy that had a dad. I want my man to be, overall, to be a great dad, to give my daughter the experiences I never did. I always envied women who had big brothers or dads because they would always protect them. I've always wanted that. Mm-hmm. I had to stand alone and protect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no that's real and I I grew up with I had a bunch of male cousins so um, you know I would like when I got into certain situations I would call like my, my guy cousins for certain things um, so I did have them and I do want to say I do want to um, pay homage to that because I did have did have that protect protection mechanism there um with my co- even my gay my gay male cousins like did not fuck if I called them for anything <laughs> you know they would have been on the bus and ready to come and see whoever I needed them to see um and so I had that um so yeah I I hear what you're saying like you having to stand alone and learn how to protect yourself um, and that's another, it'll be interesting to see, I think, us grow as women and then grow in our relationships with men, um, because I think it's going to be, a, again, just a learning, 
a learning process because a lot of it is going to be you having to learn. I think us having to learn how to allow men into our lives and allow men to take care of us and nurture us and protect us because we have been protecting ourselves, nurturing ourselves. We've gone through all of this fucking trial and error with men trying to figure out what we like, what we don't like. Um, When we do meet somebody that is, you know, somebody we can possibly really build a real relationship with, a lot of it is going to be us having to check ourselves and learning how to allow that man to be a man in your life. Because again, we don't know what that looks like. So you, your mind is, I, I don't know. I just, I see myself having, I see myself, I see my man, whoever this person is being like, Hey, you know, I can do that. Right. And now I'm gonna be like, damn, you're right. You can, you can do that. <laughs> like, let me let you do yeah. Right. Like, let me, let me let you do that <laughs> because, but my mind is not going to go to him to do that first because I've been so set on how do I figure shit out? How do I figure it out? How do I get it done? That, you know, it's going to be a lot of me having to really check myself and being like, okay, you have a partner, Maisha, you know, it's fine to uh, uh, still have autonomy, but you know you don't have to go through this stuff alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. Um, so it'll be interesting. I look. I actually look forward to maybe you know when we do have relationships, more stable, consistent, healthy relationships in our lives to revisit this conversation and kind of see compare where we are at now to where we are at in our relationships and see how we've grown. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, no, I totally feel the same way. And, you know, when I envision myself, I envision myself, like, obviously still having flaws, but I'll be happy when I get to the point where I'm secure with me and I'm secure with, I've really impacted my issues and I realize how that relates to men I date and men I decide to be with or give my time to. Mm -hmm. You know, when you can just feel and see your potential. Yeah. That's where I am now. Like, I can see where I want to be, but it's all about getting myself there, which is hard. And as I mentioned earlier, it's really hard for me to let go of people who are clearly trash. Like, in yeah. life, I dated someone who stole from my house, like, the first week we were together. Cheated on me every day. For, like, two mm-hmm. He was in jail. Broke out of jail. Mm. And then, like I said, I'm over here dealing with this nigga now, where when, well, look, on the outside looking in, it's horrible. It sounds horrible. People were like, why the fuck are, do you even care about this nigga? He is literally trash. Yeah. Like, yeah. outsider looking in, it sounds horrible. And, you know, last night he comes to my house and wants to have sex with me, but then he wants to get back over to the BBM's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. I yeah. Think my potential is just about getting there. Getting there. I hear you, sis, and I say what I'm learning is to be gentle with ourselves, right, and then also holding ourselves accountable, you know? I think a balance between the two is, like, needed in being able to heal that little girl who was just like, please, somebody love me, like, I don't have a daddy, you know, like just, just love on me, you know? Um, I think, I think being gentle with her and, you know, okay. So when I, um, my guy friend, 
he sent me a message last night because he read my post where I was talking about how I didn't believe, you know, like I was going through these issues yesterday of just feeling really insecure and in, and in doubt about being able to really build a healthy relationship with a man. And he told me like, you know, I really feel like you need to challenge your inner woman and, um, you know, remind her that, you know, she's worthy and, and, you know, et cetera. And I thought that that was beautiful what he said, but I would even challenge that and say, it's, it's not about challenging our inner women. It, we really need to challenge our inner, inner child oh. is to be challenged because that is the person who's having an issue with being able to um, connect to uh, this idea that we can actually have a life with a man that is not rigged with chaos and abuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the little, it's the little girl who's had, because the inner woman can confidently say, yeah, I deserve a great man. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I serve a man. I don't need to be treated like this. I can even feel the attitude when I mm-hmm. but then there's like another part of me, the child, where it's like, Oh, you know, what's wrong? Like, you know, just to go talk to him, just to go do it again. Like, why not? It makes me feel good. Like I need this. And then the woman, it's just such a battle. That's what makes it hard for me to deal with men sometimes, especially if I know it's a situation because my mind is at constant battle. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be with him, but you do. Even with the good guy I was with a couple years ago, I knew that I could not give him what he wanted at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just so conflicted. I would put myself down because I know this is not the situation I want to be in. Yeah. Even right. With, you know, with bad situations, like it's a constant conflict. Like even with him the whole time, I did not want to be with him because I knew something about him wasn't right. And then right. you know, already like the basic criteria he doesn't have. And but then there's another part of me that's just like, just do it. Who cares? But it's so exhausting, you know, and that's what makes it even worse when I deal with men, because I'm like running myself down on top of uh-huh. you know, allowing them to run me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. Know, yeah. Becoming when sometimes I, I just I'm, I'm happy and I'm not happy, but this experience has humbled me because I genuinely felt that. I was never going to allow a man to disrespect me the way he has and treat me the way he has again. I'll mm-hmm. never do that again. I'm above that. I am a single. I am not going to get tied down. I am out here. You're not going to treat me like this. Mm-hmm. Here I am back at square one. And it's been a humbling experience for me. Yeah. I like how you say hum- it's been humbling for you. Um, because I, I think, and that, and even that, like, I think celebrate yourself for saying that, like, this has been humbling for me. Um, because that alone with you using that language should reveal to you that you are on a path to um, correcting some things in your life, you know, because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't say, oh, this has been yeah. fucked up, which it is. You said this has been humbling because, um, humbling because it's showing you something. It's, it's, I, 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 it sounds like you are aware. There's some awareness happening. And it sounds like you are ready to learn your lessons, whatever they may be. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that that celebrate yourself for that. Celebrate yourself for being in a place where you are aware, you are ready to learn lessons so that you can grow um, in this. Because I hear you. I, I really do. I, I really, I really hear you. I, 
I feel for you. I hear you. I've been there. I've definitely been there. I might go there again. Who knows? Shit. (laughs) So I've been there and I know what it feels like to, I just stopped dealing with somebody that I was dealing with for like the past couple years where it's just the whole friendship, relationship, whatever it was, it was toxic as fuck. And I held on to the little parts of the relationship that were great um, because, you know, I just wanted somebody to talk to me and nurture me and, you know, all of those things. And it just it got to the point where I had to after like an art arguments and shit like that. And I had to really just say to myself, like, this man is depleting your energy. He's really depleting your energy. Um and, and, and he you allow him to make you so angry. And, you know, that's always a sign for me that I don't need to be dealing with you. When I when I get to a place where, you know, um, I get so mad where I just start saying anything to you and just shit just start flying out of my mouth and I'm ready to hit you. I got to get away from you. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that lets me know that I'm not, I'm not even, you bring things out of me that like, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't, you know what I'm saying? I can't even deal, you know, because I'm not a violent person. So when I get to that place, I know that, okay, you know what? You gotta go. Um, so I had to just cancel him completely you know, but this is new that that ha- that canceling took place about a month ago. So I'm I'm also in a place of just being like, you know what, what do I want? What do I want for myself first and foremost? And then um, what do I want from a man? You know, what do I and again, this corrective experience that I'm having with this man and I don't see him as being the one for me, but I definitely see him as being somebody that is going to help me be able to um, have some realization around like what, a, what, what I, what I deserve. And I think that that's valuable and important. So anywho, um, yeah, I, I appreciate this, this talk, um, Amira, and I thank you for um, being open to talk about this. Cause I know that it's not, it's not easy for us to, you know, nobody wants to be like the girl that's like, I ain't got no daddy and I got issues because there's so much. Uh, I feel like daddyless daughters are demonized so much. It's like, I don't know, the narrative about daddyless daughters are is it, 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 almost as if we're paralyzed in some ways. Like we just can't do shit. <laughs> we just, right. so, you know, and I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, there are some areas in my life where I'm paralyzed at, but I'm also like, super smart and super amazing. And, and, and there are some strengths, strengths that I've had or that have come that I've, there are some strengths that are a direct result of me not having a dad. You know, the fact that I'm able to like, I can take care of my way in a self, in a way that's so unique and so beautiful. And, you know, and I think that that's great. Like, you know, I don't see it as a, um, a deficit is what I'm trying to say. Right. It's made me a stronger woman, right? That's what I feel like. I feel like it makes me an exciting woman, a stronger woman. And I think um, when I do meet the man that is right for me, he has this opportunity to come in and learn so much about, I have so much to offer and I have so much to give 
because I've had to really get like I've had to get my self love out the mud. You feel me? Like it ain't been no, you know, I didn't have that ladder of, you know, here, baby, you so beautiful. Let daddy pick you up and kiss you on the cheek. Everything is okay. I didn't get that. Right. So I've had to learn to like, I've gotten this shit out the mud. And so there's this really like, I feel like great opportunity for men to come into our lives and really like be like, damn, this is a badass woman. She is, she's amazing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I just want to leave you with an affirmation of just saying that you are worthy um, and totally capable of, of having the relationship that your heart desires. Um, and I give that affirmation to the viewers, is our listeners as well. Is there anything that you wanted to add to the conversation before we close up? I think at the end of the day, it's just really work on knowing your worth and knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I know. And it's super hard to know it. And it sucks when you don't. But if you just hold out and go through the pain, then you'll know or you'll have a better sense of it. And mm-hmm. work on things, work on yourself because they could be translated in so many different areas of your life and it's exhausting and you know when when you've had enough you'll finally move on but just know that better is out there and as soon as you let go of the bad the good will come in for sure if you align yourself with proper people yeah things that align with your morals yeah and who you Align yourself with who you want to be for real. And it sucks, just, but just do it. Yeah, I love that. Align yourself. So, okay, so two affirmations. Because I usually, what I usually do in my podcast is I have what I call dirty affirmations. And I usually do them, but I wanted to save them for the end. Um, because I wanted to affirm us after having this. Con- and my thinking was that, oh, we're going to have four women on the phone talking about our daddy issues. I was like, oh, this is going to be a heavy conversation. So I'm going to save the affirmations for the end. So my two dirty affirmations, I like what you said. And one is, um, you know, align. I have the power to align myself with who the fuck I really want to be. And I think the second affirmation um, damn, I had it in my head and it just kind of went boop, 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 boop. Um, what was my second affirmation, dirty affirmation? My second dirty affirmation is, um, okay, well, I'll, I, I'll let that go. Shit. Oh, well then let, this is the second dirty affirmation. I fucking release what shit, <laughs> what walks away. When it goes, I let it go. I let it be. Um, cause that's another thing I think that's important for us to learn is that when, as daddy, daddyless daughters, like when men leave, let they ass go. Cause sometimes niggas be saving you from issues anyway. When men leave you, like they be saving you from a whole bunch of other problems. Like let that be somebody else's problem. So release and you know let it go. When it come, accept it. When it go, accept it. So anywho, thank you all for listening to episode five of Dirty. Black Girl, the podcast, um, where rawness meets intellect. Um, this conversation on Daddy Liz Dardis will continue. I'm going to be doing another um, 
a conversation with another young woman around being a daddy this daughter next week. So be sure to tune in to part two um, and be sure to find me at on Instagram at Soldier G Spots at S-O-U-L-Z-A-N-D-G-S-P-O-T-Z. All right. Thank you, Amira. All right. Bye, Marisha. Bye.